0: Shut up, phone. (laughs) You don't control me. My dad's not a phone. (laughs) I threw it on the ground. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that starts in the new year with Kava, because it can only get better from here. Ooh! I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host Jared Sheldon. Jared, what did you start the new year with? You know what I started the new year with?
1: It's my yearly tradition. I so okay. I Steve and I are recording remotely because I woke up today feeling kind of sick, not hungover. I actually did not end up drinking that much last night. I just thought I was tired and like had a stomachache, and it turns out I have a cold. So that sucks.
0: That, but, that honestly was my first guess that you were hung over and you're like, I didn't want to say that over text message. I, no, I just want to send it over but text go message. go on.
1: No, I, I actually keep just going. feeling sick. But I couldn't find any shooters of Malort, so I had to buy a full
0: bottle. That is concerning because now you have a full bottle I of Malort. I sure do.
1: Yeah, and for those who are newer to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, while we're not officially sponsored by Malort, uh, if you're listening, Malort, we would like to be. I take a <laughs> shot at the beginning of every new year. Because then the year cannot get worse. And I had a friend of mine, a, fr- a friend of the show, Jess, text me this morning. Cause she was at the party I was at last night where I made everyone, except for one person, do a shot of Malort. I don't actually make anybody. But she hurt herself this morning trying to cook. I think she like cut her hand. And I was like, well, good thing you took a shot of Malort. Because guess what? Cutting your hand? Better than Malort. And she was grumpy <laughs> that that logic tracks so I'm just she saying, was angry. Everyone should take a shot of Malort on New Year's Day.
0: I I don't know if I agree, but I, I get I get the sentiment. Here we are. We are recording. This is New Year's Day and we're we're like I said, it's weird that we're not together, but I am on the other side of a show. I'm so sleepy (laughs) this is going to be a fun recording because i feel like some of the things that are going to come out of my mouth are just going to be nonsense and i'm all for it i (laughs) just hope my voice makes it through the entire podcast hey you know what we just got to get through one today it's all we need because suddenly our schedules are way more open
1: that they are and thank you all for hanging with us
0: yeah, I saw that you were doing did you do a 24-hour theater festival over the weekend?
1: I did. Yes, that was very fun. So, for those of you that don't know, a 24-hour theater festival is where uh writers basically show up 24 hours or 24 hours ish before a show starts. So, like let's say you're performing 7:30 at night on a Saturday, which is what we were doing. Writers show up sometime around 7:30 the night before, so on a Friday, they write the show overnight. The latest submission, I think, in our case, it was at Corn Productions. Shout out Corn Productions here in Chicago. It's Corn. <laughs> they do have that on a flag. Um, but they've been around <laughs> for a long time. They've been around for like a decade or more. Yeah, they, they turn in their scripts. Some of those got in as late as like four or five in the morning. Oh. <laughs> and then actors and directors show up at 10 in the morning. You have, you know, until 7 p.m. at night when the house opens, get it up on its feet.
0: See, here's the problem where. My work gets far more silly and far more just not usable as I get more and more tired. So I feel like 24-hour festival is not good for me.
1: Well, the good news is it's mostly sketch comedy. So that's totally fine. My I did two. Everyone did two. Each writer wrote two and, and all of that. Just kind of felt like a full-length show. One of mine, all four of the actors were sitting in tubs. Like, <laughs> like. Act, like totes because the setting was astronauts that had just landed like touching down from space and were in the boat together. And I was like, no, we're gonna make it four small boats. And the prop they had, cause each one had a prop they had to use and a costume piece they had to use. So for that one, it was mm-hmm. like an astronaut helmet and a, a paddle. And so it became a running bit in the number that if you had to move across the stage in the tote, you had to have the paddle in your hand, even though you didn't actually <laughs> use it to scoot across the stage.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fun. I like that. It was a good time. It was goofy. How was the closing of your show, steven It was good. We we closed. We had good audiences. Like the reaction was great. We I kept seeing like things to do in Chicago. Go see Shrek the Musical. I was like, "Oh, fun. We're on TV. Neat."
1: The fact that it only ran for 2 weeks continues to baffle me.
0: Yeah, 10 performances. That that blows my mind, but we're done. I got my paycheck. I am here. On to the next thing. Start auditioning again. The cycle continues. It never stops. Speaking of the cycle continuing, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivortBT at gmail.com, or you can message us on Reddit, u slash SurvivortBT. Oh, I can already... Yeah, you're right. The, the voice is chunky today. Uh, I, <laughs> Ew. We, we had like a, a cast, not even sing-along, but like we, we all just sang at somebody's house where we had a cast party i sang dream on because why wouldn't i you're a and fool. and now i am a fool and now the voice is, is feeling it first email from josh josh the word foreshadowing has been brought up a couple times a season but i think this season does a better job of demonstrating key relationships before they matter we mm. get random scenes that may not seem to matter at the moment but demonstrate key relationships that will factor in later more of a Chekhov's gun. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is the opposite I, okay, of where wait, the show I, no, is. Okay, wait. No, I'm so okay, sorry. I'm nope. so sorry. Okay,
1: uh, you said Chekhov's gun. Yeah, that is foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just reading the email. Don't, I know. Don't, I know. <laughs> don't come at me. Come at Josh. This is the opposite of where the show is now, where they love to hide relationships to make it seem more suspenseful. And uh, for example, the show could have just said Twyla worked with the women because she's also a woman. However, they slowly build up the story throughout the swap, so it makes much more of sense.
1: Yes, and I agree that the season is doing that very well, and I am a fan of that. Yeah, the only Jared. I am sorry. The thing that is throwing me off, though, is they're also highlighting ones that don't go anywhere and it. i think it does have to do with the amount of camera time that are on them like we spent so much time on rory and amy and then rory's the first person after the merge we spend we spent a lot of time on like sarge and twyla and then sarge i mean i guess that does play into that episode of like will she go with the men will she not it's just i'm interested because the people that are left i don't feel like i've gotten a good feel for all of their relationships which is interesting except i do like the ongoing plot of god we just
0: fucking hate eliza <laughs> everyone must know that we hate eliza get rid of her
1: yeah like i know that we don't i don't really know and maybe they just don't have one like i don't know what chris's relationship is with these women until this episode like maybe he just doesn't have one but like what was his relationship like with julie on the tribe did they we had a whole like tribe swap with them or chris and twilight they they have the same job, and we've never seen them talk even once.
0: Yeah from from what I can tell, it, it seems like the relationship is not really existing. Because, <laughs> and we'll talk about it in the episode, but the the, the tribal council scene seems kind of damning of the. Oh, we're gonna all talk right, about who, that. Who who talked to this person? Like nobody, just just Twyla. Okay, or not Twyla, just Scout. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Jared's opinion on the season pretty much matches the opinion at the time. This season was thought of as the worst one besides Thailand and one future season. It was quickly forgotten about after and never really acknowledged by the show. I think streaming slash piracy revived interest in the season where it will usually be given the honor of the most underrated season. Mm. This season may have the largest group of devoted online fans when it comes to fighting for it. Interesting. That makes sense. I mean, listen,
1: I'm a hipster. I get it. Yeah. It also does say something too. I kind of mentioned that the season looks older. I wonder if they didn't do a digital like brush up on it like they might have on All-Stars and Pearl Islands, like the seasons that were very popular. They might have mm. gone and done like a repass to make the make the quality a little higher as far as like actual like technical like sound quality, camera quality,
0: all of that, and not bothered with Vanuatu. Could be. I I don't know. Mm. We we have to be closing in on the HD era here soon. I don't know when that exactly kicks in, but I I remember about this time. This is too early. Uh, probably an Xbox 360. It is too early. Is
1: Like 2007.
0: I remember going to a fellow teacher's house and watching the NCAA basketball championship. In HD, and it blowing my absolute mind. (laughs) It's like, whoa! I could see the players. I could see the sweat on their faces.
1: God, there's so much you take for granted now.
0: I know, right? It it, uh, makes me happy. And now we have, like, one pixel for an entire nothing. An air takes up a pixel, and you're like, what? I, I can't even see it. Nope.
1: I don't know eight, what you 8K, just said. Baby.
0: It doesn't matter. I, I think it was nonsense. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Jeff's updated Jeff season rankings as well. Borneo, still number one of 19. This is the first 19 seasons. Mm-hmm. Pearl Islands, five. All-Stars, seven. Australian Outback, eight. Amazon, 10. Africa, 12. Vanuatu, 15.
1: I mean,. I wrote down in this episode that Jeff might as will be filling out job applications
0: live on camera. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> he probably is filling out job applications in his downtime here. Yeah. Get me out of here. Marquesas, 18, and Thailand, 19 of 19. I have so
1: many problems with those rankings, but I know it's his personal experience actually doing them, not watching them. So I can't Correct. fight him.
0: I can't be mad about it, but it's also very strange. Yeah. Edgic is the combination of words, editing, and logic. It's kind of like mm-hmm. sports forecasting, like in Moneyball, to use math to predict the survivor winner. It used to be a lot more reliable where they had much more obvious winner edits, but post-COVID, they like to shake it up a bit so it's not as reliable anymore, which I think is good. I don't want... Like, I want hints, but I don't want to be able to predict who the winner is, like, three episodes in. It's a really
1: fine line to draw, because you don't want to have a winner that you don't understand why they are the winner. But you also mm-hmm. don't want to have a winner that you knew from the beginning.
0: Yes. And I have seen both of those come up in the last few seasons, so I I do like to know that the winner deserved it.
1: Oh, yeah, obviously.
0: Yeah. But I also don't want to be force-fed. This person is amazing. This person is great.
1: At this point in Vanuatu, Stephen, I know you know who the winner is, all of that. Uh Uh-huh. But at this point, this episode we just watched, is there anybody who you don't think is a deserving winner?
0: In the show? Like, of the seven that are left, are there non-deserving winners? It's... Oh, that's a fascinating question. Because I I, want to hear what you think on this.
1: I feel like the answer for me is no, but that is not because Mm. everyone is playing such a great game. It's because the gulf between them, the people playing the best game and the worst game is small because it is once again, Mm. a very ensemble season. But if you have superstars, then yeah, people that are more ensemble type players are going to feel like non-deserving winners.
0: Yeah, I think this is an interesting point for you to ask that question, because uh, prior to this episode, I would have been like, hmm, there are like a couple of the guys felt like jobbers. Yeah, I would have said Chad, to be honest. Okay, but no, you're I think you're right. I think there isn't. Nobody is making a break for it as like this is the obvious favorite or these are the people who have to win. Yeah, or this is the obvious and, goat. Yeah. There's there's not really an obvious goat. The the cast wants to tell you it's Eliza. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it it both wants to tell you that she
1: that nobody likes her and also in my opinion she's going to be the winner. Like the show's also trying to be like look how much adversity she overcame because everyone fucking hated her the entire time she was on
0: any the island entire in Entire time yeah get fucked is, <laughs> seems to be the case yep yeah so that's all the emails we have today i do you have anything else you'd like to say about that is eliza just the reincarnation of rory <laughs> We just, we have to have someone who is on the chopping block the entire time, and when they get their comeuppance, we need a new one. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's
1: always going to be a number two, but the person that everyone's like, we got to get rid of them, right? Like, that's the
0: obvious person. Let's get rid of them. We just need one of those all the time. All right. Bumper.
1: All right, so this episode came out on November 18th of 2004. A couple things happened in the week between episodes. Yasser Arafat's death through unidentified causes confirmed by Palestine Liberation Organization. Mahmoud Abbas elected PLO chairman minutes later.
0: Yasser, you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's... (laughs) Yasser. I don't know much about this. I know he is a Nobel Peace Prize winner. In 1994, as the first president of the Palestinian National Authority, he was 75 years old when he passed and he, he died in Paris. I don't know if there's if I don't know any background of it, if it's anything suspicious, if people think it was like internal, external, I don't know. But at 75 and born in 1929, who's
0: to say? You lived a good life.
1: I didn't I didn't look it all up. But um, considering all this stuff in Palestine now felt like an important thing to bring up. And then. Kmart Corporation announces it is buying Sears, Roebuck, and Co. for $11 billion and naming the newly merged company Sears Holdings Corporation.
0: Oh. um, Hey, Kmart? Yeah? That didn't go
1: well for you. Uh, it depends on who you're asking. You're asking the incredibly wealthy people that stripped it for parts in order to make a, a big payday and get a golden parachute. It worked out just well. But Sure, um, sure. If you're I mean,
0: the people who own Sears are, are pretty happy.
1: Oh, yeah. They sure are.
0: They, they sold out at a pretty good time.
1: <laughs> the number one song on the chart is uh, still My Boo. And the top five movies, actually quite a bit of change here. Uh, number five is still Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Number Hilares. four, The Polar Express. Number three, The Incredibles. Number two and number one are new ones. Number two is the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Whoa. Also known as the end of SpongeBob being really, really good. Like the golden age of SpongeBob. And then number one, beating out SpongeBob SquarePants is National Treasure.
0: <laughs> okay. So, interesting week for movies then. It sure is.
1: For those of you that don't know National Treasure somehow, first of all, go watch every Nicolas Cage movie that's ever been made. I recommend you start with Vampire's Kiss. But historian and codebreaker ben gates nicholas cage has been searching his whole life for a rumored treasure dating back to the creation of the united states joining an expedition led by fellow treasure hunter ian howe sean bean gates finds an ice-locked colonial ship in the arctic circle that contains a clue linking the treasure to the declaration of independence but when howe betrays him gates has to race to get to the document ahead of his so-called colleague what do you think is the rotten tomato score For national treasure.
0: This is tough. So this is Da Vinci Code for children. Uh, Yes. It's it's a good movie from what I remember. And I want to say it it might be a little too heavy-handed. So I'm going to go critic score of 74. Audience score of 78. You are almost... Right on for the audience score,
1: seventy six percent. Critics Ooh. do not like this movie though. Critics give okay, it a forty six percent.
0: Okay, that's that's a little uh, further down the the hole than I thought. I think that's a little harsh. I think it's a dumb fun movie. It is. Yeah. Is any of this based in reason or actual history? No. No, absolutely not. That's okay.
1: <laughs> it was just dumb. That's fun. It's just a
0: dumb romp. Have you have you seen the second one? Mm, maybe like when it first came out yeah i don't remember anything from it and that probably tells me what i need to know yeah i mean hey maybe we'll get there hey i mean we will at some point well yeah it depends on when in the year it came out that's fair yeah good point okay anything else that is all that's all then let's get into the episode episode 10 culture shock and violent storms
1: I already wrote down here, I was like, wow, they are really hitting Eliza hard in this <laughs> uh, in this recap.
0: Yeah, w- what was interesting in the recap to me is that he literally, Jeff, talks about the pecking order. And I'm like, hey, that's a term we use. Yep. It's, I mean, it's fun. It's a well-known term.
1: We didn't, it is. They didn't coin it.
0: The thing that, the, that he's attributing it to is the pecking order challenge, as we've dubbed it. And yes. we're like, oh, hey. That's fun.
1: Every time on the recap, too, I see... Or the intro, I should say. I see Travis and Leah. I'm like, who the fuck are those people?
0: <laughs> Bubba.
1: Bubba and Sarge.
0: Yeah. It's it's Lee. Lee? Okay. Spelled yeah, that, so I thought it was Leah. It is... It, it, that must be a Southern thing, because <laughs> I don't... I also would read that as Leah if I did not know.
1: Okay, one other... This is episode related thing but it's my own personal axe to grind and i know i made a pledge on this podcast that i would stop yelling about (laughs) paramount plus however (laughs) i'm gonna break it because they changed something when the fuck did they put commercials in paramount
0: plus yeah yeah you fuckers and here's how i think they're getting away with it is it's commercials for their own stuff they were always at the front at the front i don't care whatever
1: but now they're now I'm I'm getting commercials in the middle of episodes for actual things, like actual like, oh. like Cascade and shit.
0: You may need to double check your subscription.
1: Well, fuck them anyway.
0: Because <laughs> I did not. I also had issues with Paramount Plus though. Is it? I tried to rewind and then it crashed on my TV. And then I had to. I tried to fast forward to the spot and then it wouldn't go there. So I just watched it on my phone. Terrible app. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Terrible app. Yeah. We we know this. Everyone knows this. Chris opens up the episode admitting he voted for Sarge. Kind of. And I mean kind of. He he admits he voted for Sarge, but he <laughs> lies about it and says Sarge told me to. This is some shit that Rory would pull actually.
1: This felt mm. like a Rory plan of like ooh I'm gonna I'm gonna make him feel bad for me by saying that Sarge knew it was him and that he told me to vote for him anyway to get in good with the ladies and like <laughs> what, what does this do for you? This is this is doesn't make a lick of sense. If you're
0: Chad, what do you do in this situation? Because
1: get fucked apparently.
0: I feel like you know that that's not true and you you should be sitting there like hey the fuck.
1: Yeah, I wonder if he knew it wasn't true. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to prove it. And you don't want to drive a division between you and your only ally.
0: Fair. I Yeah. I think if things felt a little more one-sided in the vote than the guys thought they were, yeah, maybe he tries that. But I don't know. if At some point, you have to say, just get me to get one more vote – always keep me alive it's true yeah anyway that's a super interesting way to start the episode because it feels like it it just doesn't matter why why are you pushing this yeah yeah it it's, I, uh, it's
1: way too cute by half and doesn't do anything like yeah it, the only the only possible reason to vote for somebody in your own alliance is to be is to play nice right is to say
0: mm-hmm.
1: hey look i i give up I give up. That alliance is dead. I have no loyalties with the number of people that are still here. I will vote with you guys, and then hopefully I'll be the last one standing, and we'll figure it out.
0: Put me in, Coach. I'm I'm ready to cut some throats. And then you immediately
1: undermine that by saying, it wasn't my idea. The guy who went home told me to do it.
0: So your loyalties actually aren't with them. So what does it do? It really doesn't make any sense. You... You tried to have the best of both worlds, and you get nothing. Good day. Good day. I said good day. Yeah, and then right after that, we jump into Scout, uh, kind of panicking a little bit. She's thinking Amy and Leanne have booted me in our final four for Julie, and I don't like that. Yeah, and so I'm gonna wake up early here, have my pillow, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start stirring some things with the guys like maybe we can make something happen here Uh, honestly good for you scout yeah scout's playing the game yep and it feels like a lot of people are not or just feel complacent at this point
1: yeah i i I do feel like that's okay for a lot of the women actually if you're not eliza or Mm scouts i think that you should go whichever way the winds go and maybe maybe amy because like if you're leanne or lisa or no lisa's long gone leanne or julie it, you're you two are together which is why we got that nice bonding scene with them on reward and i think that's that was very good editing it's also pretty easy to edit like they chose each other for reward or she chose uh <laughs> julie for reward. So like duh but yeah i mean don't don't take on additional aggro when you're in a good spot no matter what happens at this point, let DC, let those people eat each other alive. I guess get rid of Chad first, though. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of Chad. This is one of those episodes we haven't had in a while where it. this whole episode is trying to convince you it's one thing, but really it's just setting up for the next episode.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Chris is sitting there like, oh, thank God. This is the greatest thing I've ever heard. We have life. And I feel like we've done that same trope multiple times this season of we're dead we're dead we're dead oh we have life no we're still dead Nah, we're still dead yeah and then bring in the pig we're, we're doing the pig challenge <laughs> sure this again i get why it happens i get why it's there but you could have just given the pig at the challenge to, at the challenge yeah. so you're gonna take this pig and you're gonna go that instead w- of making that it would
1: have been a better like editing trick or like storytelling trick is like reward challenge is for a pig and then they're like why are we playing for a pig and you go oh to go give it to these people and have a nice day with them
0: i agree they just did this all out of order it's weird but jeff is like trying to make it a thing of i hope you're not too attached to this pig do you do you think they did this because
1: they were sick of having to take care of a pig do you think production was like why
0: are we doing this Let's we'll just make them take care of it for the next five days. That would be hilarious. And if that is the case, then good for production. <laughs> They're like, I'm sick of hearing this
1: fucking pig squeal. Let's go drop yep. it at their camp.
0: But, uh, why don't you guys hang out <laughs> with this pig for a while? Did you name the pig? Uh, yeah, it's uh, a Piggy.
1: Cool. Great. Awesome. Great work team.
0: You know what? Piggy needs a buff. Let's get Piggy a buff. I did like the pig buff, though. Pig buff is great. I appreciate that it wasn't uh it wasn't a force situation. It was a hey, you know what, we gotta get him a buff. Hey, we have a buff. Let's give him the buff. Yeah, no, Chris is the one who brings it up. Yeah. And it, Jeff is like, oh, I think that was actually that was we were planning to do that. Like you're ahead of me here. Great. <laughs> and then we get to play an obstacle course, and it's a you're split in half. This is a very futuristic survivor competition here yes because they split them in half this episode has the best challenges of the entire season i want to talk about that when we get to the immunity challenge great we we split them in half we have one person who is the quote-unquote sacrificial lamb and you have to get them through an obstacle course a a rope course (laughs) but they are bound by their hands and also their ankles i think
1: I do have one adjustment I would make to this challenge. Okay, go on. If you are the sacrificial lamb, you should win by default. Like, you should, the the two of them should get to go, regardless of which team wins, because holy shit, is this challenge
0: not fun for them. Yeah, they're getting thrown around. They're getting lifted and, like, pulled through the dirt. Julie, like, has moments of shouting out in pain that I'm like, ooh, she might not be okay.
1: There was a point where I thought she dislocated her shoulder or, like, fucked up her shoulder and was worried she was going to have to be medevaced. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I'm cool with you going under uh, a log. Like, that happens all the time. But if you do it under your own force, it's so much harder to hurt yourself than someone dragging you through it. Yeah. Ouch. So the teams are split up. It's Julie, the sacrificial lamb, Leanne, Scout, and Twyla. And the other team, Eliza is the sacrificial lamb, Chad, Chris, and Amy. So this
1: should have been the way that the votes went. And, like, I don't... Survivor, I know it probably was random. Like, I don't think
0: they picked these teams for these people. They probably pulled them from a bag. Oh, they definitely did, because all that muscle is on one team.
1: They could not have had it fall in a better way to get like a a script flip. And yet Chris and Chad continue to be the most incompetent people I've ever seen on this fucking show over and over and over again. That's hyperbolic. They are not the most incompetent people I've ever seen, but holy (laughs) shit guys, what are we doing?
0: I don't know. Cause I think Amy being in there is slightly problematic to the flip. Cause Amy seems to be the, head of the rah 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 keep the the ladies together yeah you're right yeah you're right okay and i think i think you're right like having eliza there is great and it's oh you're you're on the bottom come with us you don't have to be on the bottom anymore having amy there might have squashed a lot of that conversation that's
1: fair but we find out later in the episode that they didn't
0: even try Nope, there was there was no conversation had at this so that's that's uh, where I this come reward.
1: that's where I come from them being stupid is that like I'm not saying it would have worked though like if you're Amy and Eliza like and you get back to camp if you imagine this scenario Chris and Chad spend their award being like hey aren't you guys a little worried like clearly Eliza you're on the bottom and clearly Amy you're on top but like does that make you a target? like do you really want to rely on on the four of them pull one of them over pull two of them over let's get rid of two of them and then they come back from the reward and those four are acting weird that like that could have worked because you just mm. predicted what was going to happen that was so fucking obvious that it could and with and if it wasn't for the thing at tribal i would say they probably just like didn't show it to us but Amy and Eliza say the guys didn't even talk to them about trying to flop. And maybe that's because of the Scout going to them in the night and being like, hey, I have an idea. But once again, I I get it. Three days at a time. Like, you just you got to make it to the next vote. But you could set yourselves up to be the power players in this game, and instead you're relying on Scout.
0: (laughs) Which is not a terrible thing to do. Like, Scout is... It does seem to have a, a bit of control in here, or at least prior to this seems to have a little bit of control, and then you realize, not really. Yeah. no. The, the She's thing more I, of an honorary captain.
1: The The thing I complimented her for earlier, which is, you know, uh, leading with a loose hand, is
0: something that bites her in the ass in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the team of Eliza, Chad, Chris, and Amy win. They get to go on this trip to a a village where they are going to give the gift of the pig, and that is almost like their entry fee to this ceremony. <laughs> First of little, all, little did they know <laughs> that they were getting a pig in return. First of all, can you imagine being a pig on an airplane? Uh No, because the, the pig pissed
1: its pants. That'd be very confusing and very upsetting. <laughs> I am very glad that we that they don't take the pig back with them because I'm so sick of hearing pig squeals. This entire season is just pig squeal the season. <clears throat> and Steven, how do you feel about this reward challenge? Like are this reward, not the challenge, the reward
0: itself? So I think they build it as the wrong thing. They build it as a feast. They and sure do. It <laughs> It shouldn't have been that. It should have been billed as a you're going to partake in a cultural festival and get to learn about the people who live here and how they go about their daily lives. You mentioned festival, and I think you're right. Yeah, this is
1: this is a festival. Um, what does the festival have to do with – like what is, what is the
0: festival for? I do not know. Mm. <laughs> not a clue. Mm.
1: Uh, oh, well, I'm sure it's just because they couldn't speak to the people who are running it. Oh, wait, they spoke English. Like, what are we what this whole (laughs) yeah well yes they know who americans are like this isn't some like this isn't in like basically uncontacted or like unintegrated into the world tribe it is clearly people that live here although it's kind of confusing because amy says like is you know as far away from civilization as you possibly get but like they have enough contact with other peoples to speak a second language, even at least one other language, at least American or English, American, Jesus Christ,
0: American,
1: American, at least speak English somewhat. This whole thing confuses me. I like they could be a half a mile from the capital city of Vanuatu and we wouldn't know the difference because they tell us nothing. They just yeah. have them dance around in in ceremonial garb that mayor for a festival that may or may not have been already happening or may have been put on for this. We have no context. This is, first of all, it's like the usual, like, a little bit cringing at just like, hi, look at the native people that live here. But also just kind of ineffective. Like, there's no, I don't learn anything. It wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't good for the contestants. Like, it was just a waste.
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I think it was ineffective. I do think it was... The the meaning behind it could have been so interesting. Yeah, and like oh, we're learning about these people. We're having moments of connection with the the children. I mean, they show it at the end when Amy is and people are like getting sung to by the children in an English song that they very clearly learned just for them. And it was really cute, but we you're right we didn't learn anything
1: yeah yeah it's like okay but why are they doing that like i like yeah and, and amy clearly doesn't like this reward i don't know why they they give her all the confessionals like she's she's doing the thing where you don't say anything bad so you just really over highlight the things that you kind of liked like, she's talking about, like, she's she's kind of skirting the cow stuff under the rug and the feast and all that <laughs> under the rug. Like, yeah, I, it wasn't very good. I don't know. I my, my palate's not cleansed for it. Like, she is very respectful. But there's a, yes. I there's a little bit of shade underneath it at the show, it feels like, of, like, what is this? If it wasn't for the storm that came through and, like, fucked up everything, like, it was a terrible night of sleeping and all that, like, it would almost not be a reward at all
0: yeah and jeff, i see what you're
1: saying jeff highlights he's like that are living very differently from you like he talks about like the the van watching people that they're going to go and have this reward with as living differently than they do which i thought he meant like in their camps like living differently in like it, than the than the contestants are in their camp but we don't see and we see one hut that chad lies down and drunk and like that's it <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that is also where I wanted to go next, is the Chad getting drunk on the kava. Oh, Chad got full-on factory reset. <laughs> I have a question for you, Jared, and something that I hadn't thought about until prior to this. Do people who are missing a limb have a lower tolerance to things like alcohol? Fascinating. Because they—it's— it, Similar to like a smaller person being, you would consider like a lightweight. They just have less blood flowing and less muscle to break down the the things. Yeah,
1: I I guess I'd say yes because like it is. I mean, when you drink, when you get drunk, it is your blood alcohol content. Like it is a percentage. If you don't have a leg, you have like what less one blood. sixth, one seventh, whatever it is. Like less blood.
0: Yeah. Huh. Chad getting fucked over by the system, <laughs> like again,
1: full on fucking factory reset. That guy, <laughs> he was
0: gone. He was. Suited. I love. I assume the cameraman asked what 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 made you feel this way or how you feeling? and he's like, cava, and then passes out. Yeah, I I, I love that really shot funny. though.
1: I I did not like that feast. I and like and listen. Hey, I'm not judging I'm not judging the people's that put it together like we have we have a different cultural palate. I don't want to mm-hmm. see a cow's head next to my meal. I That's fair. That is not my idea as an American of a good time. I don't want it.
0: I'm cool with it as long as the meat is cooked and it seemed to be that the meat was not cooked. And that's a problem. That that's something for production where you're like, okay, I get it. It's a cultural thing, but that could actually do a lot of damage to these people. It,
1: like, when it comes to the interactions with the uh Vanuatu people, it does not seem like production has control over what is done. No, not they at are, all. They are told, "No, we'll we'll take care of it." And production asks questions and they go shh. Shut up. Which honestly, it's kind of what I've like asked for and now i don't know if i wanted it
0: (laughs) (laughs) like wait hold on can we uh get a little bit more control in this
1: because like i i do need somebody that's going to help bridge the cultural divide so i the
0: viewer understand what i'm watching yeah okay the things that we did learn that were interesting the the traditional dancing was cool to watch yeah the the singing and amy trying to replicate it uh, the, the replication was not cool, but yeah, <laughs> them getting pulled in and saying, "Hey, come join our dancing." That's really fun. Yeah, that was cool. Because then the the local people have control over that. They say, ah, "I'm inviting you into this," instead of like, you trying to join in and uh, butcher this. I'm giving oh, you permission.
1: I, I glanced over it, but I do. I do love them, just like setting the pig aside and just being like,
0: "Oh no, where did it go? Oh, we forgot,
1: <laughs> shucks." It's like when you're when you get a present that you don't really love and you just kind of like accidentally
0: leave it behind. You're like, "Oh no, <laughs> oops." And the kava so- ceremony was interesting that you chug all of it and then spit out the last little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. What do is that our new tradition with Malort? We mm. have to uh, get a
1: spit bucket. <laughs>
0: We have to do, like, a, a big shot where you you chug a lot of it and then the last little bit go... Pfft. Yeah, I wonder if that helps, like, cleanse the palate
1: or if it's basically like a chaser.
0: I feel like it would just aerate it and make it go into your nose. I don't know how any of that works, apparently. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you're right. I, I don't either. Yeah. L- bodies are weird. And, yeah, I once again, I want to highlight the cute song that the children learned in English. It was, it was great. Good good for them. Back at camp, they had a terrible night. The storms are bad. The everyone, everyone is complaining. And Julie having the most tact out of everyone is like, Okay. Oh sorry. Let's let's go to Leanne. Leanne's like this is by far the worst night, and there are so many things that I want to say that I, I know you won't let me say on TV. And Julie's like, piss and moan. <laughs> That's all we can do. I love the two of them so much. They're really funny. They have a good dynamic too. They, they make for a fun little bit in this season where there hasn't been a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A season uh, with, for a season that like everyone's just always kind of mellow. Like everything is always just kind of a seven, a low hum having they're very dynamic.
0: And I don't know what I'm feeling cuz it everyone it's not that everyone's always in game mode it's that the the lines are so set that there's almost not trying. Yeah, I mean this is also not just
1: a very even field cast. Like this just isn't yeah. a cast that is that is super dynamic for better and for know. worse. Minus Eliza. Like, Eliza's Eliza is pretty volatile.
0: I I love me some Rupert going off the edge and then also Rupert drunk dancing around the fire for funsies. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, everyone gets back. Or, sorry. First, Scout has to say, we should boot Eliza. Keep the guys around because, like, look at this. It, it. The shelter's leaking. We're having difficulties with this storm. Like, we should keep the guys around and try to fix this.
1: So, I like that play. I... I did I it was kind of interesting to me that like a lot of their season has been like girl power and hey I'm all for it. And then you're like, but we should keep the men around to build the fire and do the chores. Make
0: them help me, please. <laughs> I was like, that's a, a weird angle on this strategy,
1: Scout. Like it's kind of running counter to what you have been saying and doing all season. But the real intention behind it is I fucking hate Eliza. Can we just get rid of Eliza now? And I kind of like the way that she put it forward. Like it's not intellectually consistent, but that's because it is a it's um I can't remember what the phrase of it's the phrase uh, that it's called in psychology, but basically it's a lie you tell that everyone knows is a lie, but it is to save face. Like the mm-hmm. an example that I've always heard is like when you were taking somebody home from the bar or whatever. You don't say Hey, do you want to come back and fuck? You say, hey, do you want to come back and like get another drink? Or like, hey, we were talking about this thing. Like, you want to like, you want to meet my cats? Like, it's, it's like you don't say your full intentions, but you both know your like your full intentions, not consent, all that kind of stuff. But like, you, you, you soften it with, with a, with a soft lie that everyone can sort of like nod in agreement to. So this is like to keep the men around the, to keep the
0: men to work the fire, right? Wink. Hint, hint, wink. wink, wink. You know what I mean? <laughs> ha. And I yeah. don't know. it. For For the most part, Twilight and Julie are on board and they're like, yeah, it sounds like a great plan. And Leanne never says anything to the contrary, it but they show her face. They show her face a lot and they show
1: her face like being like, I don't know about this. So the camera's trying to tell us that Leanne could flip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is Leanne interesting. Leanne could me. be a problem here.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And then the other, other half comes back after their reward, and the vibe is so off. Neither side can
1: read the room in this whole fucking conversation.
0: Yeah, there's no welcome. There's no like, hey, how was the thing? It's just it's silence, and then they just like start talking about work, and then it weaves back into the reward. It's weird.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> it, what's happening is the people at camp had the worst night that none of nobody on that reward has experienced their entire time out at Vanuatu. From what we have seen, they have not had a night that bad, or at least not in a very long time. So they're miserable. The people who went on the reward got a materially subpar reward. They were told they got a feast; they did not. They <laughs> were probably hoping for a little bit of luxury. But they got they got like huts that didn't leak, and yes. that compared to what the people at camp went through is a luxury. Both sides did not get what they wanted, but both sides are feeling like they were aggrieved, despite like it it being bad for everyone.
0: Yeah, no one no one's happy, and no, no. one is no one is really sitting to listen to the other group because they're like, oh, well, we were both wrong, and this is. It's
1: so organic, but this is, like, such fertile grounds for a mix-up. Like, now you have two mm-hmm. groups that, because of circumstances that the show did not plan, do do not like
0: each other right now. And yet, still, nothing happens. And yet, nothing happens. It's <laughs> it's kind of wild. And everyone's kind of feeling it, because they're, they're talking, and I think Scout says anybody but Eliza can win immunity, because Scout's still on this Eliza thing. And then Amy next. So, is... if he, so, last episode,
1: Chad went running down the beach, going, "Wait a minute! Why don't we just group up with Eliza?" Did he forget that? Because and I like I I know what our listeners are gonna say, and what like the the it probably actually happened is, well, you can't have it both ways. Like you either got to go with Scout or you got to go with Eliza, but Scout just tells. Chad who he should align himself with here. She basically says, "Okay, the bottom of our pecking order in our alliance is Eliza and then Amy. So you want to help us get rid of them?" Chad could just go to the two of them and go, "Hey, guess and Chris does next episode. It's a great idea. Chris does this next episode on the next time on. Got get
0: it together, Chad. <laughs> it is. And I I want to say that the guys blew this one. And I also want to say Scout blew this one for the guys. <laughs> because Scout's inability, Scout overpromised and under-delivered. Yes. And, and it's probably going to get her it, voted
1: out next episode.
0: Mm, love to see it. But Chris kind of takes this and feeling that he's, he's in a good spot, feeling all the dissension. He's like, oh, this is great. Like, we're there's there's dissension we're tugging at their heartstrings and like there there's a crack there and he says a quote that i i really like so i wanted to write it down he says you question a woman's character and or ability she'll snap your neck you open up your heart show a woman that you're vulnerable then they start thinking with their heart that's when you open up their back door it's a couple things it is weirdly prescient
1: this is also just a pretentious and gendered way to say you get more flies with honey than with vinegar. Correct. But if you are in the minority alliance, regardless of gender or whatever, this is the strategy you should take. Like, you you want to be likable, obviously. Like, what? I, It's it's so obvious, but it's also something I feel like a lot of people on the bottom kind of forget i.e. She Ann
0: last season. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. It it's such an interesting like like you said, he's the general sentiment is good. General sentiment. And like, thank you. And he's saying don't underestimate these people. They can smell that. They can absolutely just destroy us at any given moment. If you don't treat them with respect, and, they'll just kill you. Yeah. And then it happens <laughs> then they snap chad's neck yeah but they don't snap chris's neck nope so immunity we have is this have we seen this kind of a challenge before yet not really i mean we've had we've had like endurance
1: like this type of like like stick it out like you know type of challenges but never something like this and this challenge is also where i wrote down this is where i wrote down that jeff buys will be filling out job applications on camera like he's he has like one fucking monotone voice this entire challenge
0: yeah despite the lackluster performance from jeff the this is a survivor challenge that stands the test of time really it's a great challenge we see this up in the 40s wow like it's it's slightly reiterated on in that the the rope portion is gone, but oh, okay. it's the same idea though. Just it's a tall pole. There are some notches in it. If you fall to the bottom, you're done. I did write down, and he ends up coming in second. But uh, boy,
1: is this not a good challenge for Chad? No, it's not. No, not really a great setup for a guy with one leg. Really hard to get leverage with. The he does really prosthetic. well. Yeah, he does.
0: He killed it. Yeah, I agree. In my first thought, I was like, yeah, you're right. I I don't know that this is going to do well for him. Like, you can't really clamp the muscles in the same way. But also, you could wedge it in that weird spot in a way that you're not feeling the pain. Yeah, you just don't have any dexterity. Yeah, that is the problem. So you almost have to, like, sacrifice a portion of your body in a different way to, like, get a different leverage. I don't know. It's it's I'm not a physicist. Sure. And interesting that it's also raining. Yes, that
1: makes it so much harder. This is actually the first challenge in a while where I'm like I kind of want to do that challenge. Like that looked kind of yeah. fun. I I have really stupidly strong fingers, so I would have like really love just like dig in and be like, hey, "Hey, I'm a gremlin." But Eliza fell from so fucking
0: high. So yeah. high. That <laughs> Could have been an issue. Like, it it took her a moment to, like, that deer-in-the-headlights look of, am I okay? I'm okay. Okay. I'm going to go sit down now.
1: Uh, and I said, do not hold on with your teeth.
0: Yeah, that, that is a, a Twyla. It, it's not going to give you grip, and you may lose teeth. The only thing I can think of is shoes, It like, it helped focus. I don't know. Sure? Because somehow it fucking worked. But don't do it, <laughs> please! Don't do it. That I everything in my body was screaming, "No, stop!" Anything if else if about- your body slipped, and even the rain, like if your body slips, then suddenly your teeth are getting like lurched up. Oh god!
1: Oh god! Yeah. Ugh. Anything Ugh. else that jumps uh, jumped out to you?
0: No, I think you see a a, a differentiation in the strengths here Julie well I shouldn't say that Julie was first out Chris and Scout and then there was a small gap where they had to like edit a bit and then Amy and Eliza take get out Twyla holds on Leanne gets out and then yeah like you said Twyla and Chad down to the down to the end and Twyla outlasts Chad to be our immunity winner Chris thanking whatever god he believes in (laughs) And then post-challenge, we get back. And the ladies are like, so it's Chad, right? Right? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. And they're slam dunking it. So, Chad's trying to make the push. He's going around to Scout, who is obviously the one that he's hoping is in charge of this. And Twyla after this. And I think it starts to set in when he gets to Twyla that I'm, I might be fucked here.
1: Yeah. So... What do you think of Amy's strategy? Because I I have been going back and forth on it really since I watched the episode. And I mean, I guess kind of all season long. Her strategy so far seems to be, be incredibly rigid. Ride or die. I am with the mm-hmm. women and that is the plan. And I will, it does not matter what happens. I am not diverting from that plan. And I instantly see that as a weakness. I'm instantly, because of who I am, I'm instantly like, no you got to be flexible you got to consider all your options but i do wonder if there is understated value in just being so consistent
0: yeah me me as a survivor fan say that that's unbelievably a it could be your downfall but me watching this season after watching all stars and saying you know what having a group that you are solid with and they know you're solid and they know you're not going anywhere. Cause you're leading the ship. It can get you in a good spot. I do wonder
1: what size of a group becomes too big for that. And I think it might be season by season, right? Cause having one rider die, you have to, you have to have at least one person mm-hmm. that is like your person. And that might change if they get voted out, but you, you gotta, you gotta have somebody on the Island, if nothing else, then for your mental health.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You need an
1: Alliance. <laughs> But five, six people that you are unwaveringly with, that's tough to manage. And I think Amy does deserve some kudos for somehow being able to manage it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, after this, we're at seven. So the cannibalization has to start somewhere. Well, thank
1: God Scout gave them all a head start by being like, hey, what if we cannibalize each other early? And then uh, Chris still being around to say, hey, guys, she tried to eat you earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. So interesting there, and then because Chad went to Twila, and Twila's like, you know what? I don't really have any control over this. Like, I'd I'd love to see Eliza go, and that kind of gets the ball rolling. And Twila goes to other ladies like, hey, I don't care who it is. Like, just tell me. Like, I I want to know. And Amy's like, I don't. I'm not in charge here which I, th- I found very interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I also don't think that they have one leader. Like I, I talked about like Amy being consistent, Amy being the person who's keeping them all together, but really it is kind of scout that is the quote unquote leader. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a power struggle thing. And this is this is part of that strength of Amy being so consistent, right? Is saying, don't ask me where the vote's going. I know where my vote's going, but
0: mm-hmm. don't ask me because I you know my plan. You've known my plan since day one. And I think that's what the show doesn't show us to try to keep it on our toes is Amy being like this. I absolutely am not going against the women. I want yeah. the women to go forward. And the show trying to leave it up to, well, I'm not really sure what the vote's going to be. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, she's not sure. She knows what her vote's going to be.
1: But yeah, uh, I did want to highlight the Twilight Scout conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Do you know
0: what I'm talking about? I think so. The one that happens after this, where she's yeah. like, they're not, they aren't going to vote that way. So I I don't want to leave this game on a rock draw. The way that this shot is framed and the
1: conversation that happens feels scripted. And I know they're not, I'm not saying that Survivor had, like, I'm not making any, any like alliteration towards that. That's not the right thing. Life word. imitates
0: art sometimes. It was perfect.
1: Like the, the cinematography of it, the, type of conversation they have there's no beating around the bush and even the way it exits with Scout being like what are you gonna do what are you gonna do and Twyla having the f- funniest line I've heard in a long time I'm still thinking I'm agitated but I have to go this way as if she's an <laughs> actor who forgot her line she forgot why she's supposed to leave the stage but she knows she's supposed to leave the stage
0: I, got, I gotta go over here just uh, d- don't worry about it <laughs>
1: it's, it's 10 out of 10 that entire scene is chef's kiss
0: Twyla's great twyla is a a gem for television how does she always end up in the middle i don't know that's that is a skill that i i don't know how that works
1: yeah and i was gonna say it doesn't end up with like any pressure on her but of course not she has immunity
0: she has immunity so (laughs) she she wasn't in any danger like even if it went to rocks she wasn't in danger but she was still like scout i think that's a bad idea
1: yeah I will say it's very progressive of Survivor to institute a PTO policy in the middle of the season and uh, give Leanne three days off.
0: Because uh, you didn't see anything from her this episode, nope. zero. <laughs> Except for like a yeah. little
1: bit during the reward split. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anything else before tribal? No.
1: I. I. This whole scramble was really good.
0: It was good. It. It seemed. Like, for an instance, there was something, even though there very clearly was not.
1: Well, the good thing is that this scramble carries over into next episode. This is not a yes. scramble where it ends and we go, oh, well, that wasted my time. This is a scramble where, ooh, that's going to have some consequences.
0: hmm hmm So we open Tribal. Sarge is here. We have a jury. He's only here to observe. I love that first moment of like, ah, you're all cleaned up. You look good over there. I feel like garbage. Yep. And I don't know. I don't have a whole lot here. Like just what we've talked about all episode.
1: The guys haven't even talked to Eliza and Amy even once about. Yeah. Your back is against the wall and you haven't sussed out every possible option.
0: That is either a gross failure. Like you absolutely blew that. Or you had so much trust in Scout. That, like, Scout absolutely had this down that all of a sudden the rug is pulled out from under you and you're like, oh, no, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Which would also be a gross failure. There's no yeah. excuse
1: to not check every single one of your options in this case, especially when it is an alliance that is starting to turn on each other. There are times when you should just shut up and go with your one plan and hope it works. That That time is not when the alliance is fracturing in front of your very eyes.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, like, maybe this isn't the way it is, and I know that it's not the way it is, but maybe Scout had an evil mastermind and was trying to lead them astray so they wouldn't do something stupid, but... No. 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 That's not the way it is. Cool. And then we have have the vote. Chad is gone. There are zero crossover votes. Yep. It's Chad and Chris against the world. And now we get to a very interesting final seven. Yeah, I agree. I think now everything up until this doesn't matter. Now we're looking at this.
1: Yes, and Jeff is, it's very interesting that he does highlight, hey, Chris is now super important.
0: I don't think he's done that before. I don't think he's done it that blatantly. He he likes to talk in vague statements after votes, but that seemed to be the most like, hey, I don't think you should vote out Chris next time. Yeah,
1: he's been very direct after Tribals all of this season. Actually, now that I say that. Yeah.
0: So maybe it's just he also doesn't give a shit. It's, I think it's just he doesn't give a shit. Cool. How do you think Chad does in Future Survivor? Chad is awful. <laughs> Chad? Like, strategy-wise. I, I Like, there's nothing wrong with Chad. But there's also nothing
1: that's that compelling about Chad. Like, he is our first person on Survivor with a, a physical handicap. I... I Christy was death, but I get. I don't know. I don't know how to categorize those two things differently, but they do feel different. But beyond that, there's nothing that's that interesting about him. For somebody that made the final eight, I don't feel like I know anything about him. I, I don't feel like I I saw him do any real strategy. The only times that he came up were he was trying to scramble to make something happen, and it didn't. Like, or somebody was trying to scramble to him. If it was the young guys early on. He's a jobber. Like, I, I don't know where he gets to in a normal season because the thing about jobbers is they can blend into the background. You can you can get by mm-hmm. if you're with the right people. But I know that he's not the focal point of probably any season that he's in because he doesn't really seem to understand gamesmanship. So, like, I don't think you're going to get rid of him early because he's not, he's not a threat, but he's not going to be a winner either. He's just kind of fodder.
0: I think he's a good shield. I Interesting. Think, a shield needs to get aggro though. Sure, but I think if he gets toward the end, he has that compelling story of hey, he made it this far despite how like his struggles. I just don't think the I don't I don't
1: think the prosthetic is enough of a compelling story on its own. Okay, to make it to, to make it to where, like, it's it got brought up once this season. Like, that did. was by the, the dumbest himbo on the season that was just trying to save his own life. Like, I just don't, it just doesn't strike me as as something that would tip the scales. Like, the only way Chad could ever win a season, in my opinion, with what we have seen, would be a bitter jury. But, like, I don't, I don't see him being somebody you necessarily want to take to final two either because he's also not egregious enough for you to... Like, not to be like, oh, this guy really sucks. Like, he's just kind of not there. I kind of, like, it almost feels like he dropped his camera and they gave him a buff and they and he just kind of blended in and never actually signed up for the show. He was supposed to be on the camera crew.
0: Ah, gotcha. Uh, your protagonist of the episode? Twyla. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, yep. no, no. Twyla, Twyla gets a lot of attention, but actually I do
1: think it's Scout. Scout is the one who actually who actually moves the needle... Twylo is just a swing vote. No, yeah, it's Scout.
0: Okay. Love that. Cool. And then I do have a little bit of information. He did fill out the quarantine questionnaire. So after this, he is done. This is no more Survivor for Chad. But he goes on to, like, do a bunch of speeches around the world and, like, joins a speaking bureau and, like, oh. continues to – Go and talk, and eventually, like I think it said six years ago, so that was n- nine ish years ago. He retired from that and he returned to teaching school, yeah, teaching elementary school.
1: Yeah, he was a teacher on the uh, as his job on the season, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah, settled on third grade, although I taught first, second, and fourth as well. But this last summer, I earned a physical education credential. And during this bizarre COVID slash distance learning year, I taught physical education. Okay,
1: first of all, what a terrible time to start teaching physical education during I know that sucks. During remote schooling. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. The the speaking engagement thing is kinda cool. He also is the kind of guy that could like be very successful with that. He's not he's not controversial. He doesn't seem like he's the kind of person that could ever say anything controversial even on purpose. That's where the, I think, you know, the prosthetic and being on Survivor kind like, that can lead to a speaking engagement, but it's not enough to give somebody a million dollars for being a great competitor.
0: And that's kind of what he, okay, interesting, his biggest regret from the Survivor experience is that he didn't step outside of his comfort zone. As someone who is never manipulative, I could have channeled some inner manipulative person, I suppose, and it would have helped. However, I just stayed the course and tried to do my best with the alliances I had. And that's fine. I, I like. I think if you try to be somebody you're not, it's not going to work. I
1: just think that's not everyone's made for Survivor, like personality wise, mm-hmm. like not everyone is made to play a game of manipulation and deceit and like, trying to sell yourself and all this kind of stuff like it's just not for everybody.
0: I could absolutely do the manipulation and deceit. The selling myself, if I ever made it to final three, oh my God, I would be so terrible. (laughs) Well, I also mean like selling yourself as
1: like, hey, you should work with me because of this.
0: Oh, that I can do. That's no problem. And one last thing I want to highlight from this because it's interesting. Uh, There was one thing that happened to me personally with my leg. I have a small valve on the bottom of my prosthetic socket that expels air in order to maintain the suction for my leg. So Hmm. it stays snug inside the socket. It's called a one-way expulsion valve. I stepped through some mangrove roots, and it snapped off that <sighs> tiny valve. Oh, the no. The piece that it was missing was the size of a pea. It fell amongst hundreds of thousands of tiny pieces of white <sighs> shells, impossible to find. So I told the producers <sighs> that it would be the equivalent of having a broken ankle or a torn meniscus. I wouldn't be able to run, and I would be limping around everywhere. Miraculously the little component of which I had brought many extra and were in the possession of the production crew appeared in the medical kit the next day. Mm. I nice. fixed it and it was good to go. And good on Survivor. That's what you should do. Yep. You don't want him like to have a failure in the leg. Like That's just not good for your show.
1: And honestly, credit to Survivor because you could. It, it's not good for the person, but you could make it good for the show. You could show the scene where it snaps off You could show Mm -hmm. him looking for it. You could have the conversation of him going to the tribe and being like, guys, I, especially if it was during, if it was during team challenges, have the conversation of like, guys, I can't really compete. I can't run. Like I'm, I'm like, you can't rely on me. Like that could have been drama
0: and that I'm glad they didn't go that route. I agree. Absolutely. So I, that's all I really want to say from this. Anything else? No, that's a neat little bit of information. I'm really excited to see where the season goes from here.
1: Everyone says it's really good that's written in on the back end. I don't, I think I've been way, my my vocabulary has been really harsh on the season despite my emotions not being, which is a weird place to be. I think it's because I have a hard time with things that are in the middle that are like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that are consistently like okay or consistently like good but not great or good but not bad. So I'm excited to see if this gets – if the rest of the season ends up consistently great. But I, I do want to say I think I've been a little harder on it than I should have been.
0: Okay. Then let us end the episode with the bumper. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I'm going to go watch some football. Jared, what what are you uh, – what's up for the rest of your day? Um. Well, I'm I'm not gonna yell about how the ref
1: stuck in the NFL despite you saying football and how Brad Allen's crew should be shot out of a cannon into the sun and fired from every job he's ever held and then rehired just to fire him again. What I will say, however, I'll plug Against the Storm. It's a really good game. It's a really I I don't I, know what it, I don't even know this. What is it? So well okay, I guess the thing I'll plug actually is Void Week. But uh so Void Week is the week between Christmas and New Year's. I did not get a Void Week this year. Uh, My job stayed consistently busy between Christmas and New Year's, which was a fucking bummer, because I look forward to Void Week more than I look forward to Christmas. Like, the week when, like, nobody (laughs) knows what day it is, nobody's bothering you, the whole world's just kind of shut down. Don't don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Uh, So instead, I gave myself a Void Day yesterday, and, like, basically just turned off all my devices and played a new game, which was Against the Storm. I liked it quite a bit. If you like uh city survival city building it's amazing
0: all right i honestly don't have anything to promote so i'm going to promote once again you guys thank you for old listeners new listeners thank you to everyone who is joining us on this adventure there's write a lot of ups, a there's a lot of downs yeah sure do that write us a review and like once again keep keep sending it out to people i'm going to keep making them Jared's along the ride with me. For what? For better or worse, Jared, we're in this together. That's true. I'm gonna come breathe yeah. in your face right now. Please don't. For my co host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. It's the plague.
1: Get your COVID and flu shots. <laughs> bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye bye.